Christ is the Lamb of God. Christ is the forgiveness. He is the priest. He is the King. And He is forever our hope. Are you in? We're excited about going after this week. I can't believe it's already Easter week. And uh, we're closing up this Hebrew series here. It's called Greater Jesus, My Sacrifice. I'm not sure there's a better setup for Easter Sunday than to walk through Hebrews chapter 7, 8, 9, and 10. Like it is super powerful to be able to grasp that Jesus Christ is our Savior. He is our Lamb of God. He is our High Priest. He has taken all that we need and He has offered it up and we have hope in Him, Jesus Christ. He is greater. Everybody just say He is greater. All right, and so as we're finishing up Hebrews 7, 8, 9, and 10 today, uh, the author of Hebrews just making a very clear point today about some of the conviction and the commitment that we need to have in staying with Christ. And uh, remember, I'm your trailer here, so just a little bit of an understanding of uh, what was going on at the time the author was writing this. The Jewish people We're stepping out of law. Remember the author of Hebrews writing to Jewish people, writing to Hebrew people, right? That's why it's named Hebrews, writing to them. And he's writing to them about their faith in Jesus Christ and calling them to stay with Christ and continue to celebrate him. That Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And so as he's telling them this, he's challenging them to hang in there. Why? Well, remember we looked at it last week because one of the costs of stepping out of Old Testament law was that there should be at least family punishment that comes down, if not even death. A tough, tough struggle and a massive punishment that a lot of them felt as they stepped out of following under the law and seeing Christ as the fulfillment of the law and running with him. So these people, these Jewish people who were believing in Jesus, man, they were going through it. And maybe there's not a more fitting time to talk about it than on Palm Sunday, right? This is about 2,000 years ago when Jesus was coming down the Mount of Olives, getting ready to come up into the city of Jerusalem. He's riding on a donkey. They're seeing him on a donkey. They're hearing the statement of him as Messiah. They're worshiping and praising him. They're saying, Hosanna, blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. They're lifting up his name. They're celebrating Jesus. And then five days later, they were crucifying Jesus. And the author here in the book of Hebrews is like, let's make sure that our following of Christ stays strong. That's where we're going, all right? So uh, turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 32. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 32, as we get going here. And point number one is remember, remember how God cared for you during struggles and have compassion on others who are hurting. Remember how God cared for others during struggles, cared for you during struggles, and have companion on others who are hurting. He starts out here, he says, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. Let's just hold right there. He says, but recall the former days. Man, there's a powerful part of our worship that includes remembering. Recall. 
Remember where God has been at work in your life. Remember what he has brought you through. Recall the former days. So in other words, he's saying to these readers, these uh, Jewish readers, remember when before this, when it was hard. He says, remember when after you were enlightened, after you were enlightened. Now this is a metaphor. It means when the lights were turned on. Remember after the lights were turned on, beaming down on you, you began to grasp who Jesus Christ was. Remember, like remember when you were saved is another way to say it. Everybody just say saved, right? So this kind of saying, hey, you came to Christ. You had this revealing, this enlightening, and then you trusted in Christ. It says, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings. You endured a hard struggle. What's he talking about? Family pressures, public pressures, being put out of the synagogue, a place that was a community for them. And this is a huge moment of struggle for them as they trusted in Jesus Christ, but they were pressed by other Jewish people. What are you doing? They were pressed by family. Why are you choosing this way? Stop. They were even pressed by the Roman government under various structures based on what was going on and began to press in and take from them. And they were in hard times because they believed in Jesus. It's just not like America right now. The reality is we can come to trust in Christ. Maybe you get a little bit of pressure from friends, but nothing like what they went through and the heartache they went through. It says uh, they endured uh, hard struggles with sufferings. There was anguish in the soul. There was pain. There was deep heartache and grief that went on in some of the heart and the hurt. But the reality is they continued to stand with Christ. It says sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction. They were personally mocked, dragged in front of others publicly, and they were beaten, and they were isolated, and they were hated because they took a stand with Jesus Christ. It says, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. Sometimes it wasn't them that was taking the beating, but they knew somebody else who was, and they're like, I've got your back. You're not alone in this, man. I'm right here with you. And as they continued to walk alongside of one another, it says right after it, and sometimes being partners with those so treated, for you had compassion on those in prison. Some were taken and put in prison for the stance they took. And these guys went and visited them. Can you imagine that, by the way? You walk up to a prison, and you knock, and you're like, hey, I want to see the guy who was put in prison for knowing Jesus. And they're like, why? Well, he's a good friend. Are you saying you're with him? Yes, I'm with the one who stands with Jesus Christ. I mean, can you imagine how quickly, like, some of them were then put in prison for their stance taken, and they're like, I don't care. I'm coming to visit this one in jail, and I'm going to make sure they know you are not alone. You stand with Christ, I stand with Christ, and we all stand together. Man, rallying together for Jesus Christ is massively essential, ready? And all of God's people said, we are not alone. We stand together and we stand with our Savior. And he's like, you did a great job enduring tough sufferings and hanging with each other and partnering with each other along the way, caring for them and caring for their extended families. It says, and you joyfully accepted 
the plundering of your property. Just let that settle. And you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. Joyfully, let's just walk it through. Joy is like a celebration despite the circumstances. Like it's not because of what was going on, it's in spite of what's going on. It's because of who Jesus Christ is. Joy is this deep heart celebration despite the temporal circumstances, the earthly stuff going on. Not with anger, they didn't get through it angry, ticked off, talking about others. Can you believe they did this? Not that. They kept in mind who Jesus Christ was and all that he did for them. That he is their great high priest. That he is their hope. That he is the one who died as lamb of God. That he is the one who rose again bringing life. That he is the one as high priest who walked that sacrifice into the presence of the Father. If he has done that for me, I am in whatever the cost. That's where they were. Pumped and excited to be able to joyfully accept whatever came their way for standing with Jesus Christ. The plundering of property. Literally, they had their stuff stolen, destroyed, wrongly taken. They had possessions, homes, clothes, even food, animals, things they used to survive, taken. They were truly wrestling with what was going on around them. It says, you joyfully accepted this since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and abiding one. You knew that it wasn't about the stuff of earth. You knew that it was the stuff of heaven. You knew you had an eternal guarantee and that's where your mind was focused. Man, please hear me on this. It is too easy for us as a church in America today to be able to have our mind focused on you need to do right by me, right? And I understand that. The reality is we're in a country where, praise God, we have a constitution that at least at this point is being managed in a way that honors and protects our rights. But be careful. I'm going to say a phrase here. Be careful that you don't become a constitutional Christian where your hope is in the constitution and Jesus Christ. May your hope be in Jesus Christ. And there's nothing wrong with stepping up and knowing and understanding that the Constitution affords us things and there are legal steps that we can take to guarantee and manage. But know that your joy must be in Jesus Christ. Ready? And all of God's people said. And these guys worked in an environment where they were not in a democracy and they did not have a constitution. They had a totalitarian king and he took from them. And they had joy. May we learn to take the total truth of who Jesus Christ is and make it impact our soul forever, no matter what goes on in the here and now. And those are not small words. May we not, as believers in America, become more of a believer in politics and man than in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen, amen man. Don't misquote me. I'm not saying that it's wrong to be able to be thankful for a constitution and afford ourselves of things, but that is not our ultimate hope. It is in Jesus Christ. May God get all the glory. 
And uh, simply put, this is what they were saying. Dude, you can take my stuff because you cannot touch my eternal life. That's where I'm at. You can touch all you want in this physical world because I have a God who's managed forever and I'm in with him. May he get all the glory. You know, as my wife and I were talking about this this week, um, she was listening to a podcast and had heard a couple of these stories. And so I just wanted to give you a quick summary of this is still going on today. And uh, there are many who are coming to trust Christ, especially like in the Middle East where it is rough, man. There is a lot of beat down coming for coming to trust Christ. And so where we would ask a question like Romans 10, 9, do you believe Jesus is risen? Do you believe? Do you believe he is God Almighty? And are you willing to make him Lord of your life, right? We're talking about what's going on in your heart and recognizing who he is. But they would actually even go one step further. Like, in fact, there was uh, some women that were being interviewed, uh, Muslim women who had come to Christ. And one of the questions that gets asked in Muslim communities when you're coming to trust Christ over in the Middle East is, ready? Here's the two questions. Number one, are you willing to be whipped and beaten for standing up for Jesus Christ? If the answer is no, you haven't weighed the cost yet, you're not ready. Are you willing to be whipped and beaten to stand for Jesus? Second question, are you willing to die for the name of Jesus Christ? Are you all in? American Christianity. Are you willing to receive a bunch of things from Jesus and then go do your own thing? It's a complete miss. May our lives be ready to be laid out for Jesus Christ with all we've got. Are you all in? Are you weighing the cost, willing to be beaten, willing even to be killed for the name of Jesus Christ? That's where the author of Hebrews is going. Remember the enduring that was rocking your world. There was a Muslim woman who was asked those questions and she said, yes, I am willing. I'm willing to take a stand with Jesus no matter what the cost is, no matter what the beating. And are you willing to give your life? Yes, I'm willing. And so she trusted Christ, saved, fired up, excited about what Jesus had done in her life. As she went home, her husband began to make her, or try to make her, worship in his way. And where she would not, he beat her thoroughly, and she would not bend, and stood with Jesus Christ alone, brought her prayer to him alone. He continued to beat daily, regularly, trying to make her. She would not come across. And listen to me, man, in the end, the husband dropped to his knees and accepted Christ as Savior. Amen. There is something going on. Amen. Please hear me. We have to be so careful. We stand with the Savior of the universe. Period. Are you ready to be there? Man, America is turning weird in the last couple of years. And all of God's people said... <laughs> 
It is, right? And the reality is it's getting darker and heavier. Know this, we will have to take higher and higher stands for saying, that's right. I stand for the God who knows what absolute truth is and points to himself. And I'm in. I am all in. Please hear me. The only absolute is not absolute tolerance. The absolute is Jesus saying, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He is our hope. And all of God's people said, may we worship the one who is our high priest. May we worship the one who is our Lamb of God. May we worship the one who is our risen Savior. May we worship the one who has entered into the presence of the Father, walking his very sacrifice in. He is our hope. And may we not move from that position. How are you doing at getting ready to take a stand with Jesus Christ? May God get all the glory. Point number two. He says, live by faith with strong endurance. Live by faith with strong endurance. He says, therefore, and when we see the word therefore, we say, yeah, it's a connecting word, right? And so he's looking back at what's just been said. He's like, because Jesus is the Lamb of God, because he's our high priest, because he's risen, because we have hope, because you have already tasted of endurance and you know what it is, right? As he's talking to those readers, he says, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. Hang on. Confidence. It's a part of faith. It's assuming an assuredness in Jesus Christ. It's grasping who he is and being excited about it. Man, we have uh, earthly elements that God is a part of our life in, but our focus needs to ultimately be eternal. It is forever that he is fixing. May God get all the glory. It says that, that we can have confidence and assurance, no wobbling, and there's rewards. Yes, there are crowns, in eternity, and crowns that we are told even in scripture that we're gonna be throwing back at the feet of Christ saying, you're awesome. And there's positions and there's reward forever in heaven with him, but man, it is so about celebrating Jesus Christ. May he get all the glory. He says, don't throw away your confidence. As America starts rising up, as things continue to twist where they twist, don't throw away your confidence. Stand with Jesus Christ, the one who is our only ultimate eternal hope. May God get all the glory. He says, for you have need of endurance. Like this is something you're going to want to have. This is like talking to a runner right before they start the marathon. Dude, you're gonna need to be able to have a little endurance. You're gonna need to be able to run this race through the whole of it. This isn't a sprint, hang on. And you're gonna be in for the long run. May Christ get all the glory. He says, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. And we have promise of eternal life. We have promise of kingship in heaven. We have promise of eternity with him. Down with toying with sin. 
Down with not standing with Jesus Christ, up with him as my savior. I will not move. I just wrote these words down thinking of it. I'd put it this way. Set the anchor of your soul squarely in heaven with Jesus Christ. Set the anchor of your soul squarely in heaven with Jesus Christ. And it is so easy to set our anchors right here with comforts and eases and not having to work too hard and, and everybody treating me nicely. And be careful. May we not become soft Christians. Man, may we be ready to lean in and work with all we've got. Man, we've got Compassion Day coming up. Let's make much of Jesus Christ with all we have. Man, don't be holding back. Maybe COVID taught just kind of a casualness in your faith. Time to put that to rest. May Jesus Christ get all the glory. May we live for him. May we run for him with all we've got. And then he says, four. As he begins to quote a passage, he's actually quoting Habakkuk chapter two, verses three and four. And it's not an exact quote, he's beginning to use and adjust that for what they're going through, but he's using words from Habakkuk two, verses three and four. He says, let me quote a verse to give you a little idea of your endurance. He says, for a little while, and the coming one will come. Everybody say, that's Jesus. Man, Jesus Christ came first as lamb, humble, sacrificial, gentle for you and for me. Jesus Christ will be coming again as lion. He will be coming again to put right what is wrong. All sin put to rest, him set as king of kings. Jesus is coming again. Hang on, he's coming. May God get all the glory. He says, yet a little while and the coming one, Jesus, will come. The Messiah will be here as lion. He says, and he will not delay. Maybe put it in other words, uh, it will be exactly the Father's timing. It's exactly when God the Father calls it, that's exactly when it will be, not a second later. And he says, but my righteous one shall live by faith. Now he's transitioning to believers who are following him. My righteous one, ones that Jesus has impacted their soul, one that the Holy Spirit has changed and shaped their life. They are saved, adopted, declared as children of the family of God, his child, my righteous one. Everybody say that's saved, right? And he says, but my righteous one shall live by faith. In fact, this is in the future form. It's will live by faith or maybe even understood as command. Do this, shall live by faith. But the righteous one living by faith, walking and following after him with all we've got. Man, our job is to have a confidence and a faith and an assuredness. And I will not move. This is who my king is. May he get all the glory. No matter what washes on my shore, I will endure. May Jesus Christ truly be praised. He says, my righteous one will live by faith. And then he says, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. 
In the ESV, notice it says, and if he shrinks back, seeming like it's still talking about the righteous one. If he pulls back and he's got a little questioning in his heart, he's like, well then in that moment, I will have no pleasure in him. This is the moment of God stepping in with some discipline. Remember we talked about it last week, not to destruction. It's not punishment to destruction. That's taken on the cross with Christ. But to rehab the heart, right? To deter the heart. Him stepping in and taking note in that. And just so you know, some of you may have the NIV or, or one of the other translations, New American Standard actually, I think is pretty close to the ESV, but there are a few other translations, King James, where they actually are saying, uh, and uh, my righteous one shall live by faith, and if anyone shrinks back, they kind of genericize it. And uh, just so you know, there's a little bit of struggle in the Greek with that. It could be that it's just a generic person stepping back, or it could be it's the very righteous one. Either way, can we just admit it's a bad plan to shrink back from Christ? And all of God's people said, right? And so no stepping back. No, hey, it's going to get a little rough. Boy, I got to work a little harder. Man, I might take a hit. Boy, they might even touch some of my stuff, my property, my... May we stand with Jesus Christ and may we not shrink back. May God get all the praise. He says, but we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed. I love the statement. The author is like, here's this challenge, here's the hope, but here's the statement of truth. We as believers are not the ones who shrink back to destruction. There isn't some eternal destruction set in place for believers. And the wrestling that we may have, God will nurture us and move us along, but we have hope in him. We will not shrink back to destruction. Whatever's going on, may we continue to learn to lean in and God's gonna shape us and we'll learn to come back towards him. May he get all the glory. Are you with Jesus Christ? Ready? And all of God's people said, it's a huge call out. May we go after it with all we've got. He says, we are not those who shrink back to destruction, but are of those who have faith. Are of those who have what? Faith. Faith. And uh, just so we're super clear, the next chapter that comes after Hebrews chapter 10 is Hebrews chapter 11, the chapter of faith. And it's all about what faith looks like and how faith works and how it works even in those who are wrestling and falling back a little bit, going after it and learning and growing. And we're gonna be going after that as we continue in Hebrews 11 later on this summer and just kind of jumping through each of those stories using the Old Testament stories and letting those come to life. And uh, man, faith, do you believe that Jesus is risen from the dead? Do you believe? Just so you know, next week, we are going to be celebrating that exact truth. He is alive. Everybody just say, he is alive. He is alive. And we worship the king who is risen. May he get all of our praise and honor. It says, but we are of those who have faith and preserve their souls. It says, for by grace, we are saved through faith. And that not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works. Otherwise, we could boast, right? You could walk around heaven going, dude, I must have been good enough. Look at how good I am to be here. It's not our works that gets us to heaven. It is faith and faith alone. Do you believe that Jesus is risen? 
Do you confess him as your king in charge? Are you willing to stand with him? No matter the cost, may God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, let's pray.